Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. What is the first thing that comes into your minds when you hear the story of the feeding of the 5,000? Are you amazed at the miracle? Do you question whether or not the story is no more than that? A story and not an actual event. What does the story call you to? To feed the hungry? To ministries of justice and community? Does it call you to think about those around you? It's no doubt that this morning's gospel, the feeding of the 5,000, evokes many different feelings in many different people. To some, this passage is a source of ridicule for a reasonable faith. People have spent untold hours and months and years trying to prove that this encounter between Jesus and the people never existed at all. After all, Jesus would have fed a tenth of all Palestine in one fell swoop. To others, this passage is seen as one of Jesus' greatest accomplishments. There are passages where Jesus heals a person or two, and other times where he has contact with an individual or this person or that person. But this, to some, is Jesus' greatest act ever, his ultimate act of social witness. He feeds an entire community. From scarcity comes forth abundance. Still others explain away this gospel passage by saying, again, that the miracle was not performed by Jesus. No, no. The miracle occurred because everybody offered what they had. And from that offering, an entire community was fed. Some have seen and used this parable as the building block or the foundation of communist and socialist communities. And it's no doubt that this morning's gospel brings out strong feelings in people. Strong feelings that test our faith in the performance and working of the miracles of Jesus. Tests the faith that give a vision of what community could and should be at its best. But there's another take on what this morning's gospel is all about. It's an understanding that was, up until the time of the Reformation, a universal understanding of what this parable was about. Throughout much of the history of the church, the scholars and bishops and scribes and priests have seen the feeding of the 5,000 as a foreshadowing, a prototype of the Holy Eucharist. Have seen the intricacies in the passage as metaphors and allegories pointing to grand and heavenly things. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up into heaven and he blessed and he broke and he gave. Now that, of course, is the model for the ritual Jewish meal But it's also the ritual used on the night of the Last Supper, the institution of the Holy Eucharist. Jesus follows the same pattern and works toward the same goal. They all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. Now the 12 baskets 
are viewed as the 12 tribes of Israel. So the whole entire witness of the Old Testament confirms this miracle. It also represents the 12 apostles. The New Testament confirms in its entirety and fullness this miracle. The entirety of Judaism and the foundation of the church all confirm the miracle. There's something else very interesting in the passage. The passage begins by saying this is a deserted or lonely place and the hour is late. The passage, however, ends by saying they all ate and were satisfied. So we begin in a deserted and lonely place and end satisfied. Jesus meets the crowd in a deserted and dark place, feeds them, and they are satisfied. Now, this subtlety in the gospel is intentional, and it's also most telling. People come from all over. They have been searching for something to help their lives make sense. They have been searching for meaning, searching for hope, searching for salvation. They are tired, they are ragged, it is late, and they are hungry. And Jesus feeds them, and they are satisfied, physically and spiritually. Now, what a perfect and timely allegory this story is for our own day and our own time. There are record numbers of self-help books that have been published and bought. People have lost direction and are in desperate searches to find the answer to life's toughest questions. There are myriad books and seminars and events on spirituality as well. People are empty. They are hungry. They are in search of nourishment for their souls. Polls that have been taken have shown that America is at a new high for those who are interested in spirituality or searching for food for the soul. So in our day, there are more people ever who claim to be spiritual. But yet, brokenness is all around. Darkness reigns. Our political situation is perhaps more divided than it has ever been in our lifetimes. Communities are decaying. People are moving to places that separate them from the world at large. Involvement in public realms is on a downward trend. We have trouble relating to one another. Divorce is an all-time high. Polls showing that people feel more isolated and lonelier than ever. So at a time when we have the highest number of people claiming to be spiritual, we have also the highest number of people feeling isolated and lonelier than ever before. Something to think about. So I think it's a fair argument to say that we live in a time of great hunger. People are journeying, searching for food, searching for nutrition, hungry to feed their souls. And they walk around in the dark, walking blindly, bumping into things, wandering around, searching for something so that life will make sense. So they will not feel isolated and alone. And Jesus meets them in that deserted and lonely and dark place and feeds them. And his church feeds them. Jesus gives his church the Holy Eucharist to feed the world. To fill the hungry with good things. To give sight to the blind and to those who sit in darkness. Says Simeon the prophet. Jesus gives the Holy Eucharist so we can have the gift of himself. So that we can find the answers to questions so we may have food for our hungry souls. 
Jesus gives us the Eucharist so we can find wholeness and health and light in a dark and broken world. Jesus gives us the Eucharist so we may commune, be at one, be united with him. Receive grace. Enter into an everlasting and divine society so that we can have life in the midst of death. And what an awesome gift that is. We are fed, our hunger satisfied. That's the gift of the Holy Eucharist. Now there's something else that is very telling, especially for us who are in church this morning. Something very telling in this passage. The disciples have an active role. Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. We who have committed ourselves to Jesus Christ, who have found light, who have been fed, have a duty to feed others. We have a duty to help them get the nourishment they long for, the nourishment they need so desperately. We have the task and the duty and the obligation to show others what we have found. To go into the lonely and dark land and offer people food and light. Offer to them Jesus. It's a lot to think about this morning. But I encourage you to spend your week contemplating the feeding of the 5,000 in your own life in Christ, in your own life in the church. And let us not forget who feeds us, my brothers and sisters. Beloved in Christ, let us not forget who satisfies our hunger. And let us never forget our own duty to show others the eternal food that we have found. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.